Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you for coming tonight. Uh, I, I would hope that there'd be a little bit more people here tonight. I didn't think the weather was a factor, but it's not too bad out there right now and getting warmer. So, but nevertheless, we thank you for being here. God bless you. We also want to welcome all those joining us by social media. We thank you for joining us. I hope uh, we say something that will touch uh, and minister to your heart. As usual, after I, got, I get done greeting everybody else, I'd like to greet my Macedonian friends. And in the Macedonian language, uh, I'd like to say, Dobrodošle, Svite Makedonci, na ovo učenje na Svetoto Pismo. Hvala mnogo ako ste slučajno ili namerno uključeni v ovoj živ prenos. Zdrave gospod blagoslovi. Amen. We are on lesson five and uh, as anticipated the uh, uh, book of Galatians uh, is now one lesson away from being uh, taught here. We're on lesson five. We have one lesson left, but the lesson for today is the spirit and the flesh, the spirit and the flesh. But uh, it could be titled the spirit versus the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, the flesh and the spirit are complete opposites. Galatians chapter 5, 17 states, for the flesh lusts or wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. And because they're contrary, the Bible tells us that we cannot do the things that we want. It says so right there in chapter 5, verse 17 of Galatians. Our most fundamental choice as believers is choosing each day and throughout the day which to obey, the spirit of the f or the flesh. The flesh and the spirit are not only opposed to one another. The Apostle Paul's description uh, of this conflict in Galatians chapter 5 makes it clear that they are mortal enemies. I don't think that's too strong of a, pa of a word. Do you think, do you agree, Pastor, that they are mortal enemies? The desires of the flesh are set against the desire of the spirit, and these are in direct opposition to one another. And as the old adage goes, ah, we have enemies in the world. Your neighbor may be your enemy or some enemy, but we know that the devil is everybody's enemy. However, as the old adage says, uh, goes, I should say, that uh, we are our own worst enemy. I believe we can say that. I mean, if you agree with that, you can say that. Amen. It is, it is interesting to note Paul's observation regarding an outcome of the spirit and the flesh the flesh operating within each believer and vying against one another. We do not do the things that we really desire to do. What Paul is saying, whichever of these two is the dominant one, will have the preeminence in our lives. Amen. For if, uh, Romans 8.13 if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if we, by the Spirit, if we, if, if, if by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the flesh, we shall live. Amen. The, the uh, ramification of this internal conflict are enormous for all believers. First, it means that the main contest the Spirit and the flesh have within us is a contest to get to choose 
who to follow or obey. Galatians 5.8, For he or she that sows, follows, and obeys to his flesh or her flesh, shall all the flesh reap corruption. But he or she that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit uh, reap life eternal. This means that there are three entities living within each believer. Well, you might say, I thought there were two, the Spirit and the flesh. Well, there is a third one, and that is the freedom to choose. However, the third option is really not an option to be even considered. The I will do it my way is choosing the flesh, which leads to biting and devouring. But the spirit option leads to faith working through love, which will evidence itself in the fruit of the spirit. In conclusion, freedom is an essential part of the grace of God. Jesus' sacrifice upon the cross makes every believer righteous in God's presence and gives them power over sin. That is the truth. However, every believer still has a daily choice whether to walk in the resurrection power of Jesus or in the power of their old nature, which is the flesh. In each believer from Paul's time until now can walk in one of two ways. One is to walk in love and obedience to the Spirit. The other is to turn freedom into an opportunity for the flesh and sin. The choice is ours and ours alone. That is uh, the main, my main, uh, uh, the, the main point of the lesson as far as the spirit in the flesh. Now, I could have written a lot more pages, you know, because sanctification is the power for holy living. If you're sanctified by the blood of Jesus, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to say you're never going to sin. I'm not going to say, say you're, not, you're never going to uh, falter or fail. But being sanctified by the blood of Jesus will create a holiness that just simply wants to have more and more of God and more and more of the spirit and less and less of the flesh. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for letting me say that. All right, we're going to go to the questionnaire, and everybody's probably thinking the same thing I am. Sister Elizabeth is not here. <laughs> She's a pistol, I'll tell you what. She uh, studies hard and uh, is, not, uh, is ready to answer any question at any time. We miss her, though, but I'm sure she's watching uh, on uh, YouTube or whatever other means that we come on. In Galatians chapter 5, 1 through 6, uh, standing firm in freedom. Question number 1. Explain the meaning of Paul's statement in Galatians 5, 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Also see Romans 8, 1 through 4, and Corinthians 3, 14 through 17. Yeah, we might bring those uh, on the screen. Can we have uh, Romans 8, 1 through 4? All right, let's read it together. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by his sending 
Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, in account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. That the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. Oh, that was it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, thank you, uh, sound system team over there. We appreciate you greatly. Uh, question number two. What command does Paul give in Galatians 5.1? Brother Dave, please. Uh, do we really answer the, the, one? the first question? I thought by reading that we didn't know about it. If, if you ever have a comment, please. Uh, uh, we'd love to hear you, brother. Well, yeah. uh, I just, uh, it says, for freedom that Christ has set us free. For freedom, amen. And, and uh, I think it's talking about true freedom. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, in America, we... Uh, we kind of brag that we are the freest nation on the earth. And to a certain extent, that is true, but we're not truly 100% free. Right. If, you, if you believe you own your house, uh, then try not paying the taxes on it. That's it. If you think you own your car, try not, uh, try not uh, getting it registered every year yeah. upon year upon year. <laughs> see, see, our freedom is limited. But in Christ, amen, yeah. we are amen, free from brother. sin. We don't have to sin. Now, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, yeah, we're going to mess up from time to time. To time. Yes, we don't have to, but because <laughs> uh, we're hard-headed and human, uh, we're, we're going to mess up from time to time. Yeah. But we are free from sin. We're free from that nature of sin. Mm -hmm. We don't have to. Amen. This, we're this free from that. Uh, we're 100% free. Amen. Yes. Uh, and, and, and that will last all the way till the day we pass. And, and when we're all called to glory, amen, we'll go to the other side. And then we'll be 100% free because amen. The, the thing left is this old flesh. Right. And uh, so uh, but the Lord has it all figured out. Uh, but we are truly free in Christ Jesus. Amen. That is, uh, that is good, Brother Dave. Uh, true freedom yes. only exists in uh, being uh, in Christ. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Uh, didn't mean to bypass question number one, but I thought reading the scriptures was pretty obvious. Anyways, I appreciate you, Brother Dave. What command does Paul give in Galatians 5.1? Um, maybe we could bring that. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say unto you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. The, uh, we're talking about being free in Christ. Yes, uh, Anybody has a comment question number two? It's easy to get entangled in the, uh, in the, the what the Bible speaks about, you know, uh, again, into the yoke of bondage. The, 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 the point uh, Paul is making here is to keep on keeping on, be persistent. Because I can't find anywhere in the scriptures where you can take... Uh, What's another word for a break? Uh, hiatus or what? Is that the word? Where you can, you know, go out in the world for a few years and then come back with all that? No. That is not acceptable at all. The commitment to Christ is to turn your back on the world. And this is uh, why Paul says, stand firm in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. There's no looking back. 
let's not get into that. I've already gone into that in times past where to go back is equivalent according to uh, Peter, I believe, going back, a dog going back to his own vomit. That's a pretty gruesome discussion. Yes, brother. I believe some, some people might get a little confused with verse two. It says, indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become uh, circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And people would think, well, gee, if I got circumcised or whatever, circumcision of heart, then Christ, it will profit you nothing. What that means, I think, is just the worldly thing that the person did. They did it just to do it. They didn't do it because they had a love in their heart for Jesus and following him. They just did it as, as an act to do like a, a law to follow. Yeah, in our audience, the audience he's given, uh, he's talking to a group of people who are subject to what we call Judaizers. Mm -hmm. And those Judaizers, they want people to be circumcised. As a matter of fact, some of the people that travel with Paul, as you read through the Bible, you'll see sometimes that they are requiring that some of his disciples or one of his companions be uh, circumcised. I believe it's Timothy. And they, they, he says, mm -mm, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, and uh, um, <clears throat> what we need to realize is that when he's telling this, he's speaking to a church who is being bewitched by Judaizers, and he's saying, yeah. you can be circumcised, but that's just a physical thing. They showed it, the Jews out of obedience to God, but it's not any real spiritual value right. for you. It's a symbol. Okay. And that's that translates to us. There's a lot of things we do in the church, mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily wrong, but they're not elevating or lowering our spiritual value, and we have to be careful as we impose our culture on people and tell people you have to do it this way, or you right. have to have church on this day, or you have to do these things this way, or you got to play this type of music, or you have to wear this type of clothing. Nothing wrong with those things, but it's not any profit to you. The Amen. profit is salvation. Amen. I like that, Pastor, yeah, because uh, <laughs> it happened to me one time um, where I approached the persons, we're in church, take your hat off. Well, he didn't take it off. And, well, Bob, Bob why did you go to him? It's because... You entered any facility back home when I was a kid, we wore hats, and if you didn't take your hat off, and especially if there was somebody behind you like your parents, <laughs> you, had, you had a palm coming across the back of your head, you know, and there goes the hat and you. But it's, 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 a, it's a tradition, it's, it's a custom. And mm -hmm. I had no idea, it doesn't matter if a person wears uh, hat in church, but at the time, this is a long time ago. We're talking maybe 35, 40 years ago. Go ahead, brother. And, and now it's the custom for people that are probably about 40, 35 or under. Uh, it's, I call it the Maverick City look. Just about everybody has one of those trucker hats with the high baseball things and the yep. pastor's preaching them. And that's just the style of, of the day, you know. Yep. yep. Mm. I think we're pretty satisfied with question number two. <laughs> Let us go to the question with anybody uh, else. Somebody else. Yes. Sister Chalen, please. I was just going to oh, say Sister, we uh, have. Pat, please. Within the past several years, we have lost two people because of hats. What? They were approached and told them to take off their hat, and they've never come back again. So well, I know Brother Barry is right. We need we need to be careful when you know we need to be. A hat's not going to hurt nobody. It's not disrespectful. It's how you behave in a sanctuary that's. Dis Question number three: What is the yoke of slavery? Paul refers to in chapter five, verse one. Yes, brother. Well, it's the flesh and the law, basically. That's the yoke of bondage. If you're under the flesh and you don't want to follow anything that the Lord wants you to do, or if you're under bondage to just following the laws and that's something you do instead of following your heart and following Jesus and his presence and his anointing. 
I like the way Paul, you know, those Judaizers that, that try to revert people back to the law, I like the way Paul, you know, said to them, he said, look, fellas, that which is old and decaying, I can't, I can't give you the exact scripture, you can look it up. He says, that which is old and decaying must be done away with. If it's decaying and it's, it's, it, it has been done away with, it's done away with, That's, period. That's the law. We have the grace of God. We're under grace, Amen. not under the law. Amen. All right, uh, that was uh, three. <laughs> three. Number four, what does John 8, 31 through 32 and 32 tell us about how a person can live a life of freedom and in Christ. Maybe we should bring that uh, scripture up. I think I can hear it. You okay? All right, verse 31 and 32. Yes? You want to? I'll do an answer question. Yeah, give her the mic, uh, Brother Lee. Yeah, they can hear it. That one's turned up. Huh? They can hear it. Okay, all right. Praise God. Yep. <laughs> if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you shall know the truth. And the yes. truth will set you free. Praise Biden God. Then word. Jesus said to his to those Jews who believed in uh, believe him, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and yes. the truth shall make you free. Praise God. Yep. I don't know about you, but yes, Amen. Uh, it means a lot to me to be free in Christ. Yes. We'll get. I don't know if. Uh, uh, I think it's in here later on. You know, a slave doesn't have a choice. They just do what they're told. But we're not slaves. We're free in Christ. Question. Five. Five. What are the consequences for trusting the way of the law found in Galatians 5, 2 to 4? Anybody? You want us to read Galatians 5, 2 to 4? If they bring it up, we can. It's already up. It's already Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Martin Luther mm -hmm. went so much as to say justification by faith and faith alone is what the gospel is all about. Mm. This diverting back to the law is exactly what the scripture just said. To divert back to the law. If you divert back to the law, Christ profit you nothing. And that's why Paul said that he put it very simple and to the point, that Christ died in vain. But because he was aware of the law having to go and grace to come on the scene, he says, I do not take the grace of God lightly. Brother Bob, yes, sir. a lot of times I think that's our flesh. Our flesh needs something to accomplish so we can feel like we've accomplished something. And if mm. we're not careful, it is so easy to fall back into works and think that we can be made right with God by something we do. And that's far from the truth. Our goal is to receive the grace. Notice he said, if you do stuff, you fall from grace. 
and mm-hmm. we uh, we always use that for a different term. And we when we say somebody's fell from grace, that means they messed up. Paul is saying that when you're trying to be self righteous and do more, that's when you messed up. Mm-hmm. It's like you 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 try to win your own way to salvation, and you just can't. You're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. I, uh, I, Pastor, I don't know why you went the way you did and why you said what, what you said, but I want you, brothers and sisters, to know that for the first time ever that I can remember, I prayed a prayer uh, not too long ago, a week or so ago, God, deliver me from works. This was my prayer. Mm. Because sometimes unaware, we could be, as the pastor stated, we could be found doing works. Unawares. That was five. We're going to question number six. What is the significance of linking faith, love, and love? Galatians 5, 6, 1 John 4, 19 through 21. Anybody has a comment? Brother Brother Ernie. It says uh, circumcision nor uncircumcision, it said, means nothing. And I think what that meant, again, is the act itself you know, it being from the heart or lined up with what Jesus wants or says, just the pure act meant nothing. Is what the scripture said. Amen. Anybody else? Going on to Galatians chapter 5, verses uh, 7 through 15. Uh, under the heading of freedom threatened. Mm-hmm. Question seven uh, asks, how does Paul use these illustrations to help the Galatians see the problem in following legalism into their midst? I, uh, I have to... Uh, Somebody's got, like I said, Sister Elizabeth is not here, so I have to. Mm-hmm. Did you have a comment? Mm. It's not that the Galatians had been struggling ever since they received the gospel. That's why Paul asked, you did run well. Mm-hmm. What hindered you from obeying the truth? Yeah. We could be easily swayed if we are not careful. If we have to be, uh, we have to have constant, uh, our guard be constantly working and be, be diligent, be fervent, be uh, just be in the spirit and, and, and you will detect what caused me to go down on my knees and say, God, deliver me from works. I must have had some thoughts in my mind that crossed my mind that could be classified as works. But with works, we cannot please God. And the works that we do for God are produced by faith. Am I right, Brother Dave? Yes. <laughs> That's right. And they, uh, it's under A and B, the runner. It is not that the Galatians, and I already read that, under B, uh, yeast. In verse 9, Paul tells the effect of how a little bit of yeast leavens the whole lump. But this is what I mean. We have to be cautious here. Uh, I think that's all right. No, be very cautious by everything. Improve, the Bible says, all things. Am I right? And so it says a little yeast leavens the whole lump. 
But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever she or he or she may be. So obviously, this is referring to the Judaizers praying on the Galatians to be converted back to the law from which Christ delivered us from and made us free from the law. Amen? Amen. Number nine, in Galatians 5 through 14, Paul reiterates Jesus' teaching in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. What do you think it means to love your neighbor? We did? We did? Yes. I'm sorry. What, oh, yeah, we did. I apologize. What caution does uh, Galatians 5.13 give about misusing Christians, Christian freedom? This is a good one. Yes, brother? Anybody else? Sister uh, Robin, did you have a comment? It's basically the same as what they said. Okay. Oh, I have here show scripture on screen. Could we have uh, Galatians 5.13, please? For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I'm, I, for one, I thank God. I'm, very conscientious about my neighbors. I have, I have uh, not out of restraint or obligation or whatever you might, or, or of works, but because when you think about it, that there were some uh, 607 or 13 ordinances and laws uh, I think uh, one of the prophets brought him down to 700 and then David to a few less. And when it came down, Jesus said, he brought him down to two. You should love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. For on these two hang all law and the, and the prophets. So I'm, I, I, I love my neighbors. I do things for them. Not because, like I said, not because I'm constrained and my wife kind of gets mad. <laughs> Can't you take care of your own house? You got to take care. I go, yes, I do. I, I got to take care of theirs too. They're my neighbors. And I love them. Praise God. And uh, I bring him stuff. You know, I cut the grass. I, I do all I can. They're my neighbors. Praise God. Pray hey. for them and everything else. Brother Bob? Yes, sir. Uh, Jesus gave the, I guess, the ultimate example uh, about loving your neighbor when he gave the illustration or the parable yes. of the Good Samaritan. Yes, he did. Uh, the religious, a couple of religious guys come by, and they go to the other side of the road because they didn't want to become... Uh, unclean because of this man's open wounds and they didn't want to be bothered with his problems but here comes a Samaritan not not a Jew but a Samaritan yeah and helps the Jewish man 
takes him to a place where he can recover from his wounds and he pays for it out of his own pocket without asking for it in, you know, in return. And then Jesus, after he gave the illustration to these uh, Pharisees that were sitting by him, he said, now, which one of these three was neighbor yeah. to this man? And they had to admit that the, you know, the Samaritan. Of course. So that's, that's the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the, the, where the bar is set. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a high bar. Yes, amen. And it's easier, it's, it's easy to get, uh, replay the parable, but to actually live it out is, an, is a challenge sometimes. Because sometimes if you're having one of those neighbors you just didn't like, what do you do when he's in dire straits? So, so there you go. <laughs> I've shared this in the past, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't mind sharing it again. I, I did all these things for the neighbor. I'd fix things. I cut the grass for him. I fixed the kids' bikes and all that. And my sister has a bakery, so I bring him sweet stuff, and you know, and next thing you know, he's got a boombox installed in his car, and come rattling our windows at midnight. It was past midnight. I called the police on him. I didn't go praying. I called the police. And when the police came, I said, Officer, I'm the one that called you. Do you mind if I speak to you? My neighbor in front of you. He says, no, come on. And I said, hi, neighbor. I want you to know that I was the one that called the police. I go, I go nobody cares if you have a boombox in your car. That's, that's yours. That's fine. That's in your toy. I said, but did you know, I go, that the boombox noise is illegal within city street limits? And the officer goes, did you hear him? He's right. And so I said, please, when you go out, you know, to 8 Mile and hit the main roads over here or the expressway, you can turn that thing as high as you want until your ears bleed. I don't care. <laughs> but I said, just be thoughtful and decent enough that when you come into our street, you can't have that blaring and shaking everybody's windows at midnight especially. <laughs> yeah, I still love my neighbor. You have compassion for him? <laughs> <laughs> For him, yes, but not for that stupid boombox, Brother Danny. <laughs> Anyways, I had just gone to sleep, and I jumped up. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I often thank God for letting me be a human being. <laughs> Anyways, what question will we on now? The, the uh, neighbor part. Okay, now question number 10. Galatians 5, 16 to 21, the believers' conflicting natures. This is good. Read 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, and Romans 21, uh, 7, 21, and 8 and 1. Peter and Paul make it clear that believers still struggle with their sinful nature, how should we respond to follow Christians, to, uh, to fellow Christians, I'm sorry, who struggle? How do we confront people that struggle with the flesh? The sinful nature, the flesh. Anybody? In the spirit of love. Bingo. Don't be like Job in the spirit of love. <laughs> this is why uh, this is why the Bible says to study to show yourself approved unto God. If you don't know the word of God, you can't really encourage somebody. If, if, if you 
mix. I mean, you quote the word of God and then share the love of Christ with them along with the word of God. That will have an effect on a person, a struggling person, that is. But people have questions. My niece had a question. I'll tell you after Brother Dave. Well, I, I just want to say the Bible doesn't say ignore the behavior. The Bible doesn't say, turn, turn, you know, turn to this, uh, turn your head to the side and and, and ignore them. Right. Uh, sinful behavior needs to be confronted, but there's a way to do it. I mean, uh, I mean, we've all probably had examples where we said the right thing the wrong way. You know, and uh, so, uh, so, and uh, I think uh, Pastor Ernie uh, hit on it. You know, about prayer. Maybe that should be something we pray about before we even approach, you know, anyone about their behavior. Uh, pray about it. You know, let the Holy Spirit lead us in what to say and, 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 and in the way that we say it. Amen. We're talking about, uh, you know, helping people that struggle with the flesh. I, uh, when I, when, when we, when we, the question here is saying, do you have, have you studied the word of God where you can effectively um, uh, you know, minister to a person in, uh, through the process of sanctification? Because the only reason uh, a person will struggle with the flesh, not that it will take care of him permanently. Don't get me wrong. Sanctification is a a, a Progressive, progressing thing. It's instantaneous work uh, on a person's heart, but it takes just like a, uh, a, a child that begins to, you know, uh, it's, it's just laying there, can't go anywhere. Then it begins to crawl, and then it tries to stand up, and it finally walks, and then you can't stop it after that. But do you know what I'm saying? Is that sanctification is crucial to, uh, for, for the Holy Spirit to help you battle the, our sin, the flesh. And this is where uh, the, blood, the blood of Jesus Christ applied to the heart of a person will sanctify him wholly. And he, now you have the Holy Spirit helping you along your struggles. And, and we need to know scriptures in order to help a person that is struggling. You can't help anybody without knowledge of the word. And uh, that's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Uh, number 12, right? What spiritual truth found in Romans 6.14 allows Paul to make the statement in Galatians 5.18? Can we, we have uh, Zach? Brother Willie? Yes. Can we have uh, Romans 6, uh, 6.14? Uh, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. There's, uh, I don't know how to put it. There's, a, there's, there's, there's the whole thing in a nutshell. For sin shall not have dominion. The, the, the works through the law and the sacrificial offerings of bloods and goats and bulls and all that could not take away sin 
and the guilty conscience was still there. But we can have the assurance that when we go to Christ for the forgiveness of our sin through his shed blood on the cross, our conscience is purged. Glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Our conscience is purged. People don't understand that when we falter, that what else do you want us to do? Turn back to the world? No. We go to Christ and say, Lord, forgive me. And pick yourself up. Not that you won't struggle again. You will. But this is why we're called the children of God. We are the children of God. Will you totally condemn a child of yours and give it to our adoption because they have broken something in the house? Glory to God. Yes, brother. I think also it's staying there. Sin shall not be our master. There you go. This is what it's all about. Some right people here. have a sin. Spirit and the flesh. Or whatever it is, drinking, smoking, whatever. And they ask the Lord to forgive them. And they go right back the next weekend and start it all over again. So we can't let sin be our master. Well, we have to come back and do that same thing over and over and over again. That's what sin will cause you to do. But we are not to, we're to shun the very appearance of evil, not to flirt with it or nothing like that. No. And so we abstain as, what I'm saying is, we don't purposely sin. We try to avoid that at all costs. We may be found caught in something, doing something that displeases God or caught unawares, but as children of God, we go to him. Remember the scene, the scene that I described to you about the little girl. Uh, there were three kids, one of the little girl and the mom. One of the little girl uh, slipped and fell because the ground was wet with rain, I mean the pavement, the sidewalk. And I was at a stop sign observing all this. And the little girl didn't hesitate one bit. After wiping out, she got up crying and ran straight. Guess who? To mama. To mama. Well, if I'm going to mess up, glory to God, I'm going to get up and run straight to the Father and ask him for forgiveness in Jesus' name. And I have done it. Right. And will continue to do it because I'm not perfect. And this is what the Bible is talking about. But sanctification, the Holy Spirit cannot come into a person's heart unless that, that heart has been, the blood of Jesus has been applied to that heart and that person is sanctified holy. Now the temple is clean. The Holy Ghost can come in and begin to help you in your life's walk for Christ. Am I saying something that it's not so? No, I'm not. Without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. No, not that you should receive power. Power for what? Power for service. I think the first and foremost is power for service. Then we can have joy and dance if you want, or run, or jump up and down. That's fine. But first and foremost is power for service. Amen. Now we've come, anybody, any comments? We've come to question number 13. Uh, and it has to do, wow, we can, I don't know if we can bring that on the book or not. I should have had. Uh, no, it's about that chart about, uh, in the book, you have the book there? Anyways, it's, it's a, regarding uh, the uh, chart about scripture, sinful acts, acts of love uh, and service, of loving service. Um, Galatians uh, uh, 5.19 uh, describes 
sexual sins, the acts of loving service, uh, sinful acts, the sexual faithfulness and purity. That these are the the uh, the sinful acts and the acts of loving service. Uh, Galatians uh, five twenty, works of the flesh: idolatry, emulation, hatred, witchcraft, envy, strife, uh, seditions, heresies. The act of loving service is a fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Galatians five, twenty one a. Uh, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, uh, um, and such like, <clears throat> meekness and temperance. Temperance means self-control. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. We have, the, uh, you know, through the Spirit of God working in us, we have the temperance that is needed for some things. And believe me, you're going to need temperance, especially if you're on the road, Brother Victor. People, the way they drive, they're crazy. I have no problem. I just drive like Mr. Magoo and let everybody go around me. <laughs> And the last one, Galatians 5, 21, those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The act of loving service, if we walk in the spirit, we will produce the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith. Against such, there's no law. That was the 13, yeah, the last question. We got through the questions. What do you know about that? Praise God. I thank you uh, very much for participating. Um, I don't, is there any more days left in the fast? Yes. The fast is on the 28th. The fast is until the 28th? Yes. And today is what? 24th, four more days. I, I praise God for the fast in, that we can, uh, you know, unite together in prayer and fasting. Uh, I've been reading the White Wing Messenger along, and it will tell you how that fasting does uh, move God. The thing is, we must consider, you know, we must, uh, we must not despair. And the Bible says Elijah prayed, but the Bible also said that it rained. There was no rain for 40 days. We must also remember what the Bible says about Elijah. Elijah, the Bible says, was a man like unto our, with a passion like unto ours. There was nothing supernatural about him except God living in him and the Spirit of God moving upon him to prophesy. Praise God. So it's been wonderful. Um, yes, Sister Jalen, give her a mic, please. Thank you, Mark. I have testimony. Um, it's been raining Tanzania since October until Sunday, uh, this Sunday, last Sunday. And I asked uh, here the church to pray because it was flooded and then people, a lot of people die, cars, houses. It's really, really, really bad uh, situation. And then uh, they said it was a little dark Sunday. It shows like, you know, it it's the daytime, but it turned to be dark. And then uh, I keep a prayer, and then uh, I, start, I, I fast from Monday, 
And I, uh, why I testimony? Because when you say Arasia, you pray for those are days and then the rain is stopped. And then I pray for three days. I finish today, Monday, uh, Tuesday, and today, Wednesday. And all those three days I pray, I, I fast, the rain is didn't, it didn't come again. Wow. And now people, start, even the sun starts coming out. So this one teaches us we needed to pray a lot because even Alasia was a human like us, but because they have a faith and uh, it involved a lot to God, that's why the miracle happened. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else have a brother? Anybody else have a comment or may God add his blessing. Appreciate you once again for coming and participating. God bless you. Give Brother Bob a hand. Excellent class. Uh been praying about it and asking a few people and doing some surveys and asking Brother Dave and asking some of our younger staff. I think our next one, since we only have a week to go, I need to take these off because I'm listening to the stream on those and I'm talking in my ear twice, is going to be in the book of Matthew. Um, we'll be looking between Revelation and Matthew. Uh, I think we're going to do Matthew and then go into Revelation. Um, I think we need some foundational things. Uh, a few more foundational things before we get all the way over into uh, the book of uh, Revelation, which is going to take quite a while. <laughs> I think it has uh, 32 chapters in it, um, so it could literally be a, a year-long endeavor. After Matthew, um, we're, I believe we're going into Revelation first and then to Matthew because we have to do some foundational things. Uh, but so grateful to our teachers. I've been praying about it and thinking about it. Uh, surveyed some people in the back and surveying Robin, Brother Dave, some other people. I ever know everybody wants to get to Revelations because it's just a, an exciting book and there's so much controversy and things over it. And we will get there. Uh, but the gospel is what we need now. We'll worry about tomorrow and the end time, but we got to deal with, with the gospel and the people who are living right now. Make sure we can get that out and properly understand the person of Jesus Christ and who he is and how he operated. And not only that, to be able to, to communicate that to other people. Uh, so that when we hear what Paul would call another Jesus, we know well the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, thank you guys for what you're doing. Uh, prayers for our Greenfield family as they will be, uh, we will be utilizing um, Minister Lonnie Whitehill here Sunday, Saturday, Saturday at 11 a.m. Everybody has their assignments for the guys. I guess the rain helped us. We don't need to salt the parking lot, uh, but we do need to get these um, these things down and get the pulpit back up here uh, tonight um, for the the services as well as they're going to bring bringing some additional tables. We have a lot, but they expect a lot of people. They're going to bring some additional ones about 830. So some a few people can hang back. We're generally here talking by that time anyway, for the most part, uh, just to help them get those chairs and tables down there. Nothing else. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all the people who are online that hop in and out. Glad to see you um, worshiping and fellowshipping with us uh, and learning with us the word of God. Are there any comments or anything before we pray and we get ready to leave? Oh, all hearts clear. Well, praise God. Uh, grateful to have Vic, Vic tonight. I know he's been working a lot. Give Vic a hand. He was able, able to make it. Let's pray. Uh, if you don't know, though, uh, if you don't know God and you're listening to the stream um, somewhere, uh, wherever you're choosing to listen by podcast and when and the future, and this will be your time of now or online or wherever you are, I want you to know you can know Jesus Christ today and you can make a decision that will change your eternal future and security by following and choosing and submitting your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, pray with me, guys. God, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be in this place, in this sacred space, to give you glory and to give you praise. God, I thank you for those who have made it in the building through, through this weather we've been having. And God, those who are online worshiping God, 
I pray that you be continually with him. And if there is somebody on this line that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord God, I pray um, that you will bring it to pass that they will give their heart to you. Holy Spirit, convict their heart in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you thanks and praise for that. Keep us covered beneath your wings. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, give God a hand clap of praise. And we can have, have y'all shut the stream down. There we go. The lights off.